When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. I'm joined today by Eric Nalin, publisher of Inside Texas. Today is our weekly state of the program. Uh, Eric joins uh, On Texas Football each and every week. Uh, Eric, uh, how you doing today, bud? You just getting back from the state championships? Yeah, yeah. Just drove in from Dallas, doing great. Uh, very minimal traffic, so you know, no complaints. Three hours door to door. It's a piece of cake. Oh, good for you. All right, let's start. So Friday, um, some news started breaking. Uh, Casey Thompson. Uh, this is the probably the biggest news within the program. Uh, came Friday when Casey Thompson elects to put himself into the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think. It- a lot of people probably expected it. I know some might have been caught off guard, but I don't think uh, if you're caught off guard, I'm not sure you have the true pulse of the program. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a tough spot because I think everything I say that can be misconstrued as negative to Casey is definitely construed that way and, and probably blown out of proportion. I think he made the right decision for himself. I don't think he was going to, to win the job. Uh, I don't think he was going to come close to winning the job. Uh, he's got one year of eligibility. It's crunch time in his career. He wants to he wants to go out with a bang. And I think he's going to find a, a good school and a good fit. You know, I, I I love the portal for these positions where there's only one of them. There's only one football. There's only one, you know, <laughs> if, if, if there's no sense. You know, I, I know I know the uh, the sentiment to be a team guy and, and all these things. And I agree with that almost entirely. Uh, I almost, you know, I, I, I definitely defer to that side of it. Uh, but you know, he's got one year of eligibility left. Go out there and, and, uh, and, and really, uh, you know, go light it up. Go, go find a place where you can play. There's no, nobody wants to sit on the bench. Yeah, I think that my, my take on it is a little bit different. Um, not in the fact that he chose to, to, to transfer, because you can choose to transfer. I mean, that's just the, I mean, people may not like that. But Casey Thompson, for all I could tell, gave it everything he had when he was on the field, you know. Um, and so I don't, I, and he was a longhorn. So, uh, plus, he got his degree. The The issue that I uh, had was what his father said on, on the way out the door. Um, yeah. And it felt, um, you know, it felt more I instead of we. Um, and that that was the problem that that I read into it and uh, mentioned on sa- in Saturday's column. Well, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of space for you uh, for your sentiment and mine. Uh, you know, I agree with you as well. Um, you know, personal accountability is the cornerstone of uh, all athletics and really all of life. Uh, and I don't think that they always took ownership, um, or at least his father didn't in those statements. Um, you know, I, but I, I think there's a sentiment out there that he quit. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't his team? You know, if it, it, so, who did he quit on? You know, it wasn't he didn't he didn't win over the team. The team was up for grabs. Uh, and that competition is going to play out in the spring. So I don't, I don't really feel like he left and, and quit on his team. I just feel like it's, uh, you know, everybody, it, it, it's the same as if a wide receiver, it wasn't working out for a wide receiver, just go out and, and, and get targets. Alvante, nobody's saying Alvante Woodard, Woodard quit, you know. Um, so good luck to him. Uh, I hope he finds a really good school and a really good fit. You know, fit is everything. And I love this aspect of it where these guys, 
it's a much more informed decision that they can make at this stage in their career than when they're uh, being recruited out of high school. You know, he's going to know the exact situation he's going into. And, um, you know, <laughs> now the proof's going to be in the pudding. Charles better, uh, Charles better got a good process here. Let's see what he comes up with because there's no excuses after this one. I, I would agree with that. Let me ask you this, um, Eric, uh, as it relates to um, the quarterback room now, that leaves Texas with Quinn Ewers, obviously, uh, who uh, the, the Ohio State transfer via Southlake Carroll, uh, who should really still be in high school right now. Right. He, he graduated a year early. Uh, Hudson Card, obviously. Um, and then uh, Charles Wright, uh, the young man out of Austin High from last year, and Malik Murphy, uh, a true freshman. So Hudson Card is clearly the most established or the most experienced quarterback out there. Uh, yours ostensibly is the most talented. Um, how does that look for you with the quarterback room now as currently constructed? Uh, I mean, it, the only way it can play out is to have a, a, an open and fair competition and, and, and may the best man win. That's how it should always be. And I think that's how it's going, going to be uh, in the spring. Uh, Sark didn't make any concessions to yours when, uh, when he recruited him. Uh, you know, it's going to compete. I think uh, yours is very confident he's going to win the job, but um, I'm interested to see what Carr does. Um, I've, uh, I've been really bad at things in my life. And when I took six months off and came back to it, I was a lot better. And I wonder if uh, some, some things that, uh, that happened to Card processed a little different over time and he comes back a different guy in the spring. He has uh, a lot of the same talent that yours has. I think Hudson has as well. Uh, and then you got Charles Wright. Charles was, uh, you know, he's fourth string behind Ben Ballard at times in the spring, but he gave a lot of good looks in the, uh, as a scout team quarterback. There's definitely some talent there. Uh, I think he's got a pretty quick release and he's, he's a pretty good athlete. So we'll see what, we'll see what he does as well. And then Malik Murphy starts his clock. Um, you know, it's, it's awesome that he's coming in early because I think he's, you know, every last uh, practice he has is going to help, uh, help, you know, he's got to expedite that uh, developmental curve that he has. And it, it's a, I think it's a pretty steep curve. Uh, but I think he has the mental makeup to really take advantage of all these practices. I also think he has some, some elite physical tools that just need refinement and development to your point. Yeah. Yeah. Time uh, reading defenses and all those little things that go into making a quarterback. You can be a um, it's amazing. It's, it's the hardest position on, on, in sports to get a, get a read on people spend millions of dollars uh, in the NFL and they still get a wrong read on it. I think he has all the stuff that's hard to get a read on. I think it's pretty obvious that he has those things. So, so let's see what he does with it. Uh, and these reps in, uh, in time. Jared Wiley also putting his name in the portal. Surprise you, not surprise you, thoughts? Not surprised at all. Uh, we had been mentioning it. Um, I think the writing was on the wall that, that Gunnar Helm was going to take over a lot of those snaps this year. Probably more physical blocker at the point of attack. Uh, he's also a good receiver. I thought Wiley was really underutilized as a receiver. It's pretty unfortunate. I hope he goes somewhere where he gets a lot of targets and they move him around a little bit. Because I don't think there's any reason that he should just be lined up attached the whole time. Uh, or most of the time. Um, but yeah, I think Gunnar Helm was, is going to be uh, pretty obviously the, the next guy that's going to going to get a lot of those reps. And then, you know, Juan Davis, he plays the Cade Brewer role, uh, but he'll be out there a lot. And then uh, Jatavian Sanders, you know, every 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 snap that Wiley's not taking in practice is another snap for uh, Jatavian Sanders to uh, to start really. Yeah. Develop. This is where the rubber meets the road for Sanders. He really needs to make a move this spring. Two things, possibility of a grad or a not a grad transfer, but just a transfer portal guy at tight end, number one. Number two, my thoughts on Wiley is the reason he was attached so much, unfortunately, was pass protection. Sure. Yeah, but he, was, he wasn't he was all that much of a help uh, in pass protection, you know. 
but I, I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that they'll add a tight end in the uh, portal. We'll see if uh, any good ones uh, come available. Okay. All right. Uh, after after uh, Stan Drayton left uh, for uh, Temple, uh, Texas had an immediate opening at running backs coach. Uh, there was word leaked out uh, on Saturday morning that former Cowboys running back and current USC running backs coach Tashard Choice um, uh, would be one of the guys under consideration. We ran that down and confirmed that uh, late Saturday night or, you know, reasonably Eight, eight, or eight o'clock or so Saturday night. They all, they all run together at this point. Yeah, it's a shard choice was announced as the running backs coach at the University of Texas. Interestingly enough, and I want to say this, choice spent his last three years as the running backs coach at Georgia Tech and had some impressive recruiting wins at Georgia Tech over Alabama, Florida, and some schools like that where Georgia Tech typically uh, would have really no business competing with those guys. Um, I called somebody that I know on the Georgia Tech staff who told me that Choice was an elite recruiter, um, and he was a, quote, a guy that you have to say whoa to and not giddy up, you know, and yep. so as a, as a somebody that follows recruiting, and I know you do too, Eric, that's what, that's the type of guy Texas needs recruiting kids right now, right. given the, the very competitive nature of recruiting in the state of Texas. Yeah, you'd be hard pressed to find a, a really good recruiter that isn't high energy. And I think, uh, I think you know, Choice definitely checks that box. He's very aggressive. He's a volume recruiter. Um, you know, I think uh, Stan Drayton did a lot of good things. The best thing, you know, the <laughs> best thing he did was bring Bijan Robinson to uh, Texas. I'm not sure a lot of guys could have pulled that off. So he, he definitely needs a, a, a salute to that. But he wasn't a volume recruiter and that's a position that you really need uh, to be recruiting at a high level across the board. You know, it's the easiest position to, to coach. I'm not saying I can do it, but uh, as far as coaching goes, it's an easy position to coach. The easier the position to coach, the more you have to recruit and, and carry your weight in that regard. And I think that's where uh, choice is going to come in. You've heard good things. I've heard good things as well. He reached out to a friend of mine last week uh, looking for DBs in Houston. You know, here he was, or maybe it's two weeks ago. Here, here he is a, a coach at Georgia tech, reaching out to a guy in Houston about DB saying he needs a Houston DB. Why do you need a Houston DB? I don't know, but uh, that just tells you that, that he's going to, you know, I, I think he probably sent out a formulaic uh, text message to everybody, just change the city like a committee and changing nights, uh, you know, from Cleveland to Cincinnati. So I think, you know, they need that type of aggression. Um, you know, I think when, when, when Sark brought this staff together, I think it was kind of heavily on uh, development. Uh, and here's an ace recruiter, I think to pair with Jeff Banks and a couple of those other guys that are getting their sea legs, uh, with that Texas polo on. Yeah, I, good question here, right? So let's explain people this. So Choice on, I think, either Sunday or Monday announced he was leaving for USC. The very next day or a couple of days afterwards, the best player at Georgia Tech, Jameer Gibbs, enters the transfer portal. Gibbs yeah. finished, for those who are unfamiliar with him, highly recruited guy. That's one of the guys that Choice recruited. Um, and said he wouldn't have signed with, with Georgia Tech without Tashard Choice. He immediately entered the portal like a day or two after. Um, he is expected to end up at Alabama, and it's not known that Texas would have interest because he's a true running back and he would have to be, compete with Bijan. But he finished third in the country in all-purpose yardage as a, both a running back and a receiver out of the backfield. Um, but, but Choice, during this time period, uh, just before uh, National Signing Day 1, took a job or accepted a position at USC under Lincoln Riley. 
Mm -hmm. So Steve Sarkeesian goes basically and gets um, to shard choice to change his mind and come yep. to Texas instead. Um, Lincoln Riley, I mean, that's, that's interesting because Lincoln Riley's at USC now. Steve Sarkeesian used to be at USC. You know, I, I feel like all of that. Um, but I, you know, in all these coaching networks, there's always uh, there's always intel on these guys, and everybody knows who the next up and comer is. And and if Sark didn't know it in advance, uh, he definitely knew it when Riley went and got him. Then you know, hey, what's what's Lincoln seeing this guy? You start to to, to dive deeper, and you, you start placing calls, and you realize, hey, you know what? I'd, I'd rather have that guy at Texas than him be at USC. Uh, and just a to me, it's a brilliant hire. Um, I know there was there was actually some uh, some interest from guys that are maybe more well known. Uh, but I really like this hire. We, we, we mentioned on uh, Friday or Monday, whatever it was, I don't know. We said that they were going to try to get younger and more energy uh, on the coaching staff with these opportunities they have in front of them. And uh, that's clearly what they did. Yeah. Um, I think that I think it's going to be interesting to see just how good he is recruiting. One thing that's different now about recruiting at Texas or at USC than it is at a Georgia Tech is select. You have to be more selective. Right. You can't carpet bomb the state with offers because, you know, you're behind in, in the state of Georgia. Georgia Tech may be behind almost every SEC program yep. and Clemson and North Carolina and a couple others as well. well his, so. his job is real easy right out of the gates is basically just go get Ruben Owens. Uh, Ruben Owens is a day one uh, impact player, especially uh, after uh, Bijan leaves, presumably after this year. So that one's pretty clear as day. I'm curious to see who he goes after at the other positions and what kind of complimentary recruiter he is for the for those staff members? He had visited uh, Ruben Owens, by the way, had visited Georgia Tech uh, over the summer, oh. I believe. Yes, and Tershard Choice had been recruiting him. That's wild. So just just a, a number. All right, let's move on from the coaching situation um, now to talk about uh, the state championship results. You were up there uh, in Dallas uh, this week at the. Uh, Death Star or whatever they, what do they call it? it? It was crowded. I ran into Byron Murphy, even in a sea of people. That guy stands out because he is as wide as he is tall. <laughs> I got you. The Texas freshman defensive tackle. All right. Hey, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a second to breathe here. And then I need to ask you some questions, but I want to, for the folks that didn't watch the games, I just want to run down the scores and who the champions are of each division. Um, let's start with 6A division. All right. Excuse me. 1A, Class 1A, six-man, Division One. Westbrook beat May, all right? I've never been to, I don't think, either one of those places. <laughs> Another place I don't think I've ever been, 1A, six-man, Division Two. Strawn beat Matador, Motley County, 73 to 28. Now, I have been here, and I've been to the brewery, and I gave them my wooden nickel. Shiner in 2A, Division One beat Hawley, 47 to 12. Uh, Shiner has um, a, a junior that Texas is heavily interested in, as well as his brother, who's a senior. Uh, both of them are related uh, to Texas freshman running back Jonathan Brooks. All right. In 2A Division II, Stratford's becoming a little bit of a, a state power. Uh, they beat Falls City 39 to 27. Uh, 3A Division I, the team up uh, right south of uh, Waco, Lorena, beat Brock 35-18. 3A Division II, another state power. Franklin beat uh, Gunter 49-35. 4A Division I, Stephenville uh, beat Austin LBJ 38-21. Receiver for um, Stephenville went off in that game. Uh, China Spring in 4A Division II comes home the winner 
31-7 over Gilmer. Uh, Gilmer is former uh, former uh, Texas assistant Jeff Trailer's home. Um, in 5A Division I, Katie Paytow. I think I'm saying that name right. The new school out in the Katy School District uh, won an overtime game over College Station 27-24. In 5A D2 yesterday, uh, Dallas South Oak Cliff, uh, DISD, beats Liberty Hill 23-14. As I was watching that game, Eric, all I could think of is this must be what it's like for college teams playing the triple option. I know they run the slot T. Yeah. But, I mean, if to have to, to be in high school and have to prepare for that offense on a week-to-week -week yeah. basis, I mean, yeah. it must be nuts. I mean, right. I, I was just like, ouch. But uh, Sock really played a physical brand of football, particularly in the second half, to take home the victory. North Shore in the battle of heavyweights takes home the 6A Division I crown, 17-10 to 10 over Duncanville. Then the nightcap. Uh, 6A Division II, Austin Westlake, back-to-back-to-back, uh, to back to back, 40-21 uh, victors over Denton Geyer. And congratulations to all uh, of the state champions. Now, Eric, you were there yesterday, so I want to ask you about a couple guys that Texas signed, as well as those that Texas might be interested in. So uh, from North Shore alone, in North Shore and Duncanville game, I want to ask you about Chris Ross, the defensive lineman that signed with Texas, and then Cam Williams out of Duncanville, uh, the offensive lineman that signed with Texas, and Omari Abor, uh, the defensive end who was wearing Texas gloves uh, during the game, was supposed to be leaning to Ohio State, however, and I know Justin Wells caught up with him in postgame. Yeah, uh, last week we did a, uh, a roundtable on, uh, on, the, on the recruits, and I had the best player. Yes, the best player with the distinction, uh, the difference between best player and best prospect, because there's a very important distinction there. And I had best player in the class as uh, Chris Ross. I think that uh, his, his motor runs hot. He's extremely athletic. He's just active and, and hard to stay in front of for offensive linemen. And, um, you know, I think he made some really good hustle plays yesterday. I like his motor. That speaks very highly of him maximizing long term. Uh, but the guy that really stole the show to me, and, and I have not been the biggest Cam Williams uh, believer as others, uh, you know, I just have a lot of, because I focus so much on who's going to maximize, I had, I've had some concerns about somebody that big. It's, it's just the, the rigors of football just are, are extremely demanding for, for an average size person, much, much less for somebody his size. But I've, I don't think I've ever seen anybody like him. He, he should be a road grader uh, given his body type. But he's he he really is more comfortable in, in pass protection. He's he's really light on his feet going backwards, and I, I think it's just extremely uncommon. I know I know Jerry's talked about him moving up in the on three rankings. I'm excited to see where uh, where he lands. He's just a he's just a rarity. Uh, Abor, um, man, I, his his feet, hands, and hips are really good when he wants to be. Uh, I think he probably takes off a few too many plays, and uh, you know I think that's why you know Pete Quit, Pete uh, Quitkowski. Uh, prioritize the guy like Justice Finkley, who kind of brings it on every play like Chris Ross. But Abor has traits that are pretty uncommon. Uh, he, he, he definitely moves like a basketball player in the low post, good feet, uh, just just moves very easily. Uh, definitely good on uh, on redirecting. And, and uh, you know, if, if the offensive lineman gets in front of him, the, the play's not over. He, he can make a move on, on top of that. So uh, very talented guy. Um, you know, obviously that he gives us something to cover in, in, in January. We we were hoping we had some recruit recruitments to cover, and that one will definitely keep us occupied. Well, that, that's a good question. So Justin had what to say about him. I know we talked with Abor personally. Yeah, you know, Abor plays things a little close to the vest. I think that the gloves are a dead giveaway. 
Uh, I think the sentiment that Texas is making up ground on ABOR is accurate. Bobby, you and I were leading the way on that one. You know, we always like it when we get a tip uh, from somebody way up the food chain. He goes, hey, what's going on with this guy? And, and, you know, you and I are wondering, hey, why are they asking us about that? That's always a good sign, right? Uh, we like those text messages and those phone calls. Uh, and so I think, you know, once that, once we got that, you and I both kind of knew uh, that, all right, there's something on, there's something going on here. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be getting that text message. So I think there's a little unease on that Ohio State side. Um, but I do tend to wonder if he's just wait, waiting to see what shakes out with the coaching search. Uh, but, you know, the, Texas fans recognize this all the time when there's a guy that could be committed to Texas and he takes his time and he takes his time and they start to worry and you wonder, hey, you know, what's it going to take to get this guy over the line? Ohio State has to be thinking that right now. Uh, in Texas, in this defense and the need at, at Jack Linebacker uh, presents a pretty attractive uh, uh, landing spot for him. Yeah, and he, uh, I tell you what's, what's interesting about that recruitment as well. He announces, uh, according to Justin, uh, at the, uh, Army, or at the uh, Under Armour All-American game, which I think is January 2. So we're really sitting two weeks from his announcement date right now, Eric. Um, and just in so nightcap, know, just, I want to ask so, you. I'm sorry, Bobby. I, just so people know, Jerry will be at the Under Armour game covering that. And we'll have uh, people at the Adidas game in uh, San Antonio on, on January 8th as well. Okay. And, and when Eric says we, we're talking about Inside Texas as a great time to do a promo, uh, or at least give a quick one. Inside Texas is the website for all things Texas football and recruiting. Uh, we have, I think, six full-time people working on the site trying to deliver you the best news and community uh, for Texas football fans. Please visit our message boards. We're there to ask questions, uh, recruiting database, uh, as well as articles in general. Um, Eric, in the nightcap, uh, uh, Westlake beat Geyer. Uh, one guy that I wanted to talk to you specifically about is Texas commitment signed and flipped on signing day, Ethan Burke. Uh, I thought he looked fantastic, 6'7", 230, and uh, he may be the best pure pass rusher Texas signed. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, um, in the past, it's always bitten me when the games are televised and, and people will see a good high school player, and I'll have to answer why he's not really on the Texas radar, and it's usually because, you know, the traits that he does have that, that, that translate in high school aren't going to translate in college. Here it was a nice change-up to see that guy, and people start to, I think, understand, like, oh, yeah, wait, okay, now I understand what's going on with this guy. He, he definitely is different, that length. Uh, he can get to the quarterback in a hurry, get in the backfield, his quickness. Uh, the thing that really makes him unique is, is the length and his uh, change of direction. Um, that's a small forward out there, really, uh, it, to, to keep it in basketball terms. You know, obviously, lacrosse has the same movement patterns, which are really, you know, chaotic. You never know which, which direction you're going to go uh, from one moment to the next. Uh, football is played like that increasingly more. It's not a straight line game. And I think those movement patterns that he's able to pull off at that size is just really, really rare. You know, uh, we've compared him to uh, a Menahu in a way as, uh, you know, that quick route to the to the quarterback in the backfield from the outside position. Uh, but he, he just he moves better laterally than Charles. So if, if he works like Charles, Charles had a chip on his shoulder. Uh, by all accounts, uh, Burke kind of has that same same sort of mindset. Uh, if, if he's going to maximize, he's going to be in the NFL. I thought his I thought his motor ran pretty hot too. Yep. Um, to your point, I mean, I, it, um, Texas also interested. I want to say this: Texas interested in at least three underclassmen at at Westlake. Um, Jaden Greathouse, who is Oscar Giles' uh, cousin or nephew, not sure which, but he caught it. He got three long bombs from Kate Klubnik yesterday. Was named Offensive uh, MVP of the state championship. Uh, T.J. Shanahan, I thought, looked terrific uh, before he got injured. Uh, the right tackle for Westlake, he's a big-bodied dude, 
Yeah. Uh, he's got guard written all over him, and he could be yeah. really good. He's got uh, some. Junior, they, he's got some junior Angelo to him, I think, because you know maybe his, his ceiling's probably even higher. But yeah, he's he's he looks like a pretty sure thing as a, as a P five starter. Yeah, I mean, he looked better in pass pro than junior did right. at that age for sure. Yeah, he's got a lot more practice at it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair, very fair comment. Um, and then Colton Vasek was actually the defensive player of the game. Uh, his dad played at Texas. Um, you know, that's. Those are all three underclassmen, all at Westlake, uh, all more than good enough to play for Texas in some position or, or, or form. Uh, so uh, we need to be be on the lookout for that. Anything else you took away from the state championships, Eric? Well, a lot of those games were probably even closer than the scores would indicate. Um, you know, I think uh, I think a lot of us were surprised that Guyer was giving Westlake a, a game uh, into the second quarter, and uh, you know, I played well. I think it's it's it's, it's a good reminder that you know Jackson Arnold. Um, he came in for Eli Stowers a couple of years ago and was a deer in headlights. Uh, and that's what we saw with those uh, two quarterbacks at North Shore and Duncanville. Those teams, the point I often make about the, the best schools is the baseline talent is what beats other teams. It's not the frontline starters. You know, their number 10 guy is better than your number three guy. And that's why people are wondering, hey, how are these schools in the state championship game with these quarterbacks? It's because the rest of the team is awesome. Uh, and, and those quarterbacks are going to be really good. It's just, you know, right now they're a little bit of a governor on those teams, but uh, I love, you know, I'm, I'm happy for my buddy at SOC. He's a defensive coordinator at South Oak Cliff. He's one of the first coaches I ever got really close to uh, when I started doing this 10 years ago. It was funny. He went up against that slot, uh, that, that wing T offense. You know, that's what my high school uh, alma mater still runs to this day. And we're always saying, you know, te- uh, Belleville, of course, they, um, they lose to West Orange, Stark, or Carthage every year in the playoffs. And my friends are always lamenting, hey, we just don't have the athletes to get over the top. And I said, hey, watch this game t- today because we're going to see what, what our issue is. You know, you run up against the uh, better athletes, not just better athletes, but soccer also executed really well too. Uh, so there is a, you know, I feel bad for Liberty Hill, but you know, man, it's, it was, that was a really fun game. And then the, uh, the Katie Pato game, they won by an inch really, you know, they won in overtime, but they really won by an inch. If, if they don't get that fourth down conversion inside the goal line uh, or inside the five yard line, that game's over. So, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's one of those, those things where you, you, you feel sorry that any of these teams had to lose really. It was, it was a great weekend. All right. Let's let's fast forward to some recruiting news because we're still there. Um, Texas finished uh, the regular signing period, I think, announcing 26 commitments, finished fifth in the on three team rankings. The Aggies finished first. They killed it in recruiting this year uh, by all accounts. Uh, But Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian sent out what would best be called a cryptic tweet on Friday night, which was the last minute. Uh, anybody could sign with a program yeah. for this recruiting cycle until the February signing period. You have any clue what that means? I, you know, what, where are you going with that, Eric? Well, I mean, we're speculating that it's Devon Campbell. Uh, you know, I, we, we don't know it for sure, which is good because by saying that I didn't just ruin his moment. Uh, <laughs> if it is him, um, the, 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 the leading indicators are, I would, would say Devon, you know, we had him on commitment watch on Monday, Bobby. And uh, you know, it, it didn't happen. It looked like he was going to push it back yet again. It seems like his timeline to announce has, has fluctuated quite a bit. Uh, the thing that really makes me think it's him other than, well, hearing that, that they were in a strong position for him and, and maybe even had him uh, very close was that uh, his uncle also named Devon Campbell tweeted out about the same time that Sarkeesian did. And uh, to me, that's not all that cryptic. I, unless I'm just reading that entirely wrong. Could be. I mean, but truth, true. I mean, we know that Larry Turner Gooden's still out there. We know right. that Ernest Green was still out there at the time. Um, 
you know, until it, until it's, it's done, it's not done until people yeah. are, you know, but Texas apparently, if it's to be interpreted the way that Sark has been doing it, Texas allegedly or apparently got a commitment and a signature uh, on uh, on Friday night late. Um, Eric, uh, anything you want to add about where we're at on the state of the program before we get going? Uh, not really. You know, your dogs are going. I got a dog in the backyard going too. Um, I think um, I, I, I think that Sark is doing a really good job of of putting the uh, you know optimism back out in, in the forefront. I think everybody was down after the seasons that K State win uh, got a little mojo back, and then you know building out the rosters is the most important thing that he has on his plate, and he's doing a great job of that. And then uh, aside of that, you know, he probably needs to retool the staff a little bit. Um, you know, Tashard Choice, if he keeps making hires like that when they're presented to him, uh, I think that the program is in a really good spot. I think, uh, Eric, if, as I look at it, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm interested to see if there's another move on the staff, right? Um, follow through until the, the All-American games. See if Texas picks up on anybody there. Uh, Ernest Green and Larry Turner, good in both announce. There, Omari Abor, who we just spoke about, announces at one of those. And then the, the, the last piece um, is, you know, off-season program. You know, they need, a, they need to really get after it. Right. Quinn Ewers needs to get involved. Hudson Card needs to be completely involved. Uh, and they need to be committed to, well, to making Bobby, themselves let, a better Let me team. get this in before we go. Remember what we wrote a couple of weeks ago is, you know, part of these exit interviews uh, for the season is Sark is, is laying down the law and saying, hey, look, man, Last year was a lot was 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 easier than it should have been. It's going to be a lot harder. We're going to find out who's bought in, and uh, that starts in January when these guys get back. So it's uh, the next couple of months are going to really uh, dictate the, the full off season, and uh, you know we'll see how optimistic we are in August. I tend to get a little overly optimistic in August, uh, but right now I'm, I'm optimistic about where the program is despite the record. Yeah, and I think I think that sometimes uh, you have to have player turnover to get the culture changed the way you want. All right. Sure. Uh, once again, Eric Nalin from Inside Texas, Bobby Burton as well. Um, if you want to subscribe to the best site on Texas football and football recruiting, please check out InsideTexas.com. Also, if you like this uh, uh, video channel or podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts uh, for free or uh, click on the, the uh, little red button on the bottom right of this screen uh, for to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, so for Eric and Bobby, Thanks for watching. This has been State of the Program.